Okay. Um, thank you, Lord, for another day you've given us to um, talk about your word and uh, to meditate on your word, to give us um, an opportunity to hear from you. We thank you and praise you for who you are and for what you have done in our lives. We ask that you meet the needs of your people um, in a very special way, uh, Lord, in these trying times that we are in today. You know, people are still battling the, the coronavirus and people are still uh, struggling with the economy <clears throat> and, the, and the rising prices and the gas prices. And so people, you know, they can be a little fearful, a little, little intimidated by the time. We just ask that you touch their heart and calm them down. Let them know that you still got them because you do, you know. My um, God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So we know you got us. Uh, these things we ask in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, my name is Timothy Aaron, your host of Mouth Sword Ministries, and I am joined uh, with Rhonda Kay. All right, Rhonda Kay, thank you. And um, we're going to talk some more Bible questions. So um, uh, I guess... Um, we like to do these Bible questions because, you know, these are these are questions a lot of times that people want to know the answer to. You know, they they might feel like that they want to hear a second opinion, you know. So um, and I, I believe it is time to start, you know, reconsidering what we've been taught, you know, because uh, let's just face it. You know, um, <clears throat> we're not doing too good out here. You know, as far as the church goes, you know, the world mocks us and make fun of us and laugh at us and stuff. And, you know, so I think it is time to start reconsidering what we've been taught and uh, so that we can, you know, position ourselves for the power of God to to rest on us a little bit better and a little bit more. So uh, what what questions do you have for me today? OK, my first question is, have Satan been cast out of heaven yet? Has Satan been cast out of heaven yet? And uh, no, he hasn't. And uh, I do notice that a lot of people uh, believe he has. You know, I've, I've heard preachers preaching and say Satan's kicked out of heaven. And, you know, he was going to rise up and take over heaven. And, and the Lord kicked him out. But let's let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 14. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 14. And what you have to realize is Isaiah is not a historian. Isaiah is a prophet. Okay. And prophets talk about things that are going to happen. They don't talk about things that has happened already. So he, he is prophesying. He's talking about what's going to happen in the future. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, starting at the 12th verse and it reads um, how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations for thou hast said in thy heart I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides 
of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Okay. That's 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 a Isaiah. He's uh, prophesying that of what Satan is going to conclude in his heart that he's going to try to take over heaven and that he's going to become higher than the most high God. So, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, let's go to Job. Job chapter one, verse six. Uh, it says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them, you know, cause he hasn't been kicked out yet. You know, he's, he was right there in the midst of things. Uh, let's go to revelations. Uh, revelations chapter 12. Uh, verse seven, start of verse seven, it says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. OK, so this is a prophecy as well. So see, this prophecy took place many hundreds of years after uh, Isaiah's prophecy probably about 400 years after Isaiah's prophecy, this prophecy took place and he's talking about John here is talking about what's going to happen in the future as well. So Satan is still uh, flying around in heaven, just like any other angel, you know? And um, so it's, um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been cast out yet. You know, I, I, I kind of got distracted there because I was thinking about, you know, another point is kind of leading me to another point uh, where I, I remember this guy one time, he's an atheist and he asked this Christian, he said, you know, if God is all powerful and almighty and him and, say, and, and, and him and the devil are enemies, how come God just don't kill the devil? You know, how come he just hasn't killed him already? You know, and he said it with a smirk on his face like it was just a you know, a brilliant question, but, but the question is really simple, you know, are the answers really simple? Okay. Um, Satan is a son of God. Okay. And just because you have an evil son don't mean you just want to kill him. Okay. God loves Satan still, you know, it's like a great dilemma God has. And it's like a great dilemma a parent would have if they had an evil child and the evil child was causing all kinds of problems. Okay. And they know they need something need to be done about it, but they love them, you know, so they're not so quick to want to kill them or they're not so quick to want to put them away, you know? So I think that's the case here with God and Satan. It's not that they're bitter enemies. He's a son. He's the son of God, just like Michael, the archangel, and just like Gabriel, he's a son. And, and so, you know, God is not so quick to want to kill his child, you know, but he will one day, you know, but not now. So, no, he hasn't he hasn't um, been cast out of uh, heaven yet. Um, yeah, I think that's all the reference scriptures I had.
Um, you have another question for me? I do. What's the best version of the Bible to use? Okay, the best version of the Bible. You know, that's really a preference thing, a personal preference thing. Um, I do find it safer, though, to when it comes to English translated Bibles. You know, if you speak English and you want an English, of course, translated Bibles to to get the earliest version you can find is the safest, which typically is the King James Version, you know, published in 1611. And then it was revised again in the 1700s. Uh, but it seems like the later the version, the more potential for compromising in that version uh, of the Bible is. To give you an example, like the woman at the well. <clears throat> and um, a lot of the newer Bibles, uh, the woman at the well story in John chapter four, when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman and she's at the well drawing water and Jesus asked her for something to drink. And then Jesus says to her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for something to drink. And she says, well, you don't have nothing to draw with. How would you give me something to drink? And he says, the waters I have, you would never thirst again. Right. And then she goes on to say, well, give me that water where I would never thirst again. And then Jesus tells her, go get your husband. And then she says, I have no husband. And then Jesus says, you have answered rightly. And he says, for you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. Now, that's how it's written in a lot of the older Bibles. But in a lot of the newer Bibles, they add the word the man you are now living with. So see, that's a culture statement. And uh, so just like that, they changed the narrative and made it about modern day culture. You know, when Jesus didn't say the man you are now living with. <clears throat> so um, the point is that this woman at the well, she was a prostitute. You know, she had a man that was waiting on her and that's why she was at the well getting water. And, um, but the newer Bibles turned it into a living together, shacking up type of story. So that's why you have to watch the newer translations, these Bibles that was published in the 1970s and the 1980s and the 1990s. I just don't trust them. Too much worldly culture, too much American culture. But it's a, it's a personal preference. What, you know, what works for you and what helps you in your study. Okay, you have another question? Okay, what do what do Jesus mean when he said, call no man your father? Okay. Call no man your father, okay. He says that uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 9. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Now, I think this scripture does get overlooked a lot because Jesus is talking about your spiritual father. He's not talking about your biological father because later on in different spots, Jesus says, uh, honor your father and mother. So he's talking about biologically right there. But when he's but right here in Matthew chapter 23 and 9, he's talking about spiritual father. 
And I think the Protestant church and the Catholic church have a really big problem with wanting to call a man their spiritual father. And I think that is a huge, huge mistake. Um, you know, I think Elijah and Elisha had a kind of relationship where Elisha called Elijah father. And uh, so I think a lot of people look at that and say, oh, it's okay. But once again, that was an Old Testament situation. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he changes the standard a lot of times. So Jesus here in Matthew chapter 23, verse 9, he says, call no man your father. For one is your father, which is in heaven. I noticed that the Apostle Paul referred to Timothy as his son several times, but never once did Timothy refer to Paul as his father. So it's, um, it's very important. It's very important that we understand these things. And Jesus don't just say things just to be saying it. You know, he's, he's telling us these things. He's giving us instructions. So we need to make sure, you know, that we obey him. So he says, call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, and that's God which is in heaven. And uh, so we need to uh, observe that and uh, try to do a better job of, uh, oh, that's my spiritual father. Uh, Pastor so-and-so is my spiritual father. Or, or, or father, forgive me for I have sinned. You know, that we should not be doing that. You know, they, they men just like you a man or a woman, and they're not your spiritual father, okay? Only God is. Okay, those are some pretty good questions. Um, once again, this is um, Mouth Sword uh, Ministries. And um, if you have any questions or comment, you can email us at taron at thiefinthenightministries.com. That's taron at thiefinthenightministries.com. And um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for tuning in, I guess, at this time. Did you have any questions or comments? No, not at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. uh, which which Bible do you like to read from? I like the King James Version. The King James Version, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's to me, the safest bet. Uh, another one I like is the Young's Literal Translation. You know, that was published in the 1800s. Um, sometimes I like to read from the American Standard published in 1901 uh but like i said when you start getting into those bibles that was published in 1980s in the in the 1970s 1990s i think you're starting to lose a lot because a lot starts getting compromised and a lot starts you know turning into a culture translation and stuff so but um you know that's just me that's just me okay um I guess I will wrap, I will end this one in, in prayer. <laughs> uh, dearly Father, thank you for another day, for another uh, time to open up the Bible and read your word and to talk about your word. What a blessing it is. Um, we, just, we just love your word and we love you. And um, uh, you said if you love me, we would keep your commandments. And that's what we strive to do uh, every day uh, in this ministry is we try to uh, keep your word and um, we, we want to discuss your word. We want to get better at your word. So we just ask that you allow us to do just that, get better at your word so that we could be pleasing before you. 
These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.